And we're back. We're over halfway through the Northland Sports page. Welcome to hour number two. We lumped it all together because Rolling Stone did it first. Lumped together here, Brian Prudhomme, Steve Petosha, and Dave Cook. But we are lumping the impossible together. We are coming up with our top six, our pick six, if you will, best athletes of all time, sport by sport. But again, it's hard to lump together because of errors, positions, etc. Yeah, it, it's what makes it great argument, right? It's what makes it great show fodder is when we get a chance to, to argue across generations, across positions, and frankly, across sports. And it's amazing to me because I still look at Rolling Stone and say, how did you do categories, genres, be damned? Because we've not been able to do it, hence why we separated by sports. But even going by position has been tough. But then I think about the blasphemy that Rolling Stone got accused of. I'm guessing with our listening audience, we already have been. Oh, I hope so. I hope they're looking at their radio and saying, you forgot this guy and that person. What about this one? Not Absolutely. to mention the audible eye rolls we've we've gotten from each created. other. Yes. Yes. And you know how some shows, I know radio is not a visual medium, but sometimes on TV, they'll keep the audio hoping it's within reason. They'll keep it up during commercial breaks and you hear a little bit about what they might be talking about. Man, the fascinations that our listeners would get today with the off-air discussions. Oh man, I can't believe I forgot him. What about him? Dang it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And again, we go back to what we talked about bonds off the air, right? We've we've had a chance to talk about, you know, the we were just finishing talking about the expansion and how expansion allowed players who, you know, maybe would have gotten buried in organizations way way back or when it was See what just he did the six. there? He brought up bonds and getting buried. If I was that quick, I could absolutely say, you know what, that's exactly what I was trying to do. But you both know that that just happenstance right there. Yes, we will go with that, absolutely. So we've covered three of the four major sports in our number one. We've got basketball left. And in this geographical area, you might say, well, of course you do, because it's cared about a little bit less. Well, not for me at all, because you asked early on which one was more difficult. The more and more I think about this, I think it's this one for me. See, I think basketball and hockey are similar all the time. But in this case, I think there's three guys that we can say are in. And then once we're past those three guys, now we can argue. The thing about basketball, Brian, is I think that after the three, there's probably 40 that okay. you could make the argument. So before we unveil any lists for the NBA, mm-hmm. I want you to unveil the most important list, and that's our sponsor list Oh, as I well. can do that, gladly. Let's start with the OG. We'll start with Arola Architecture Studio. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, our agent at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bikes, Sports, and Trophies, and The Incline Station. Absolutely very thankful for each of those sponsors, especially, again, Hoops Brewing, because the last segment normally would have been occupied by Dave Hoops, and we talked about we should do hockey because this is his spot, well, maybe it's appropriate we give him a little more love because we're literally talking hoops here in this first segment of hour number two. Absolutely. And, you know, what was interesting, Steve, is on the way in, you know, I was asking Brian, what's he going to do today? And he said, well, I got basketball all day. I said, what are you going to do this evening? He goes, there's no question. It's cherry yeah. ale time. I've got basketball first for roughly 12 hours today. And then, yes, it will be uh, after a long day of hoops. It might be settling down with hoops, if you know what I mean. And that's a great way to do it. I, I know that for sure. I've been down and had my growler filled twice now for with the cherry ale because it's it's only going to be here for a limited time, and it is that good this year. I can tell you this because I know your schedule today. You will depart for your game against Stillwater. You will play your game against Stillwater. I will still have a butt print in the chair at the East Gym today. Yeah, ah. you, you do have a long day today, no doubt about it. And, you know, I'll take a couple hours on a bus with a couple hockey games over <laughs> 
You know, the other thing that we talked a little bit about with Dave with this last week, and you know, we we're talking about it with Aaron and his friends as well. They they do all these different events at Hoops Brewing as well. So it's not, I mean, you go for the beer, but they also have other things to offer. Speed dating yes. on Wednesdays. I was going to say, is it okay that we brought up your son in conjunction with the speed dating? That is one thing if we were to talk to Dave Hoops today that I wanted to ask about. Now, all three of us are happily married or at least married because I don't want to speak for both of you, but we shouldn't <laughs> be talking necessarily about speed dating, but we've all got friends who might be able to benefit from it. I've only heard about it and seen Facebook photos and people look like they're having fun. I shouldn't be attending, but I'm fascinated by the idea. Can well, we have Aaron go and be a mole for yes, us? Yes, we 100% could. I think what's interesting here, Brian, is that they're doing speed de- de- dating around something that they all have in common, right? People just don't show up at Hoops Brewing. Maybe they do. But for the most part, they're going there because they're beer connoisseurs, right? Yes. It's, just, it's not just... Drink, a drinking establishment. It's people go to enjoy this style and this level of beer. So if you're going there for speed dating, I'm assuming that most of the other people there are there for similar reasons. Well, right? and one of the things that I would ask Dave Hoops immediately is I would have said, how long is a speed dating session? Like person to person. I don't mean, you know, we do it for three hours a night. I mean, do you get a chance to talk for five minutes? Is it two minutes? Is it 30 seconds? Because with all due respect to Hoops Brewing, that would be dangerous because if I <laughs> the if last I, two looked really good. If I was single but wasn't impressed right away, I'd be like, you know what? There's good beer here. I don't need to talk to you anymore. We're done. Toughest thing about speed speed networking when I'm involved with it, but speed dating isn't the ones that that would be you'd like to have another five minutes with. It's the ones that after thirty seconds you're like, nope. But well, I got two and a half minutes. And left. speed 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 dating. Is a uh, survey you know, says no. <laughs> Isn't that what Louis Anderson told us? Survey yes. says no. Thank you. That's a great service, but they also you can take it one step further. As one of the members of my coaching staff this year is getting married at Hoops next summer, so nice. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, so you can is he a fan start, of the show? Can we do with, a pre-ceremony show for him? <laughs> Maybe will you can, take advantage of the tent, or is he going to get married inside, or what's the story? Uh, he's going to get married inside the beer hall, and uh, yeah, it, it's wow. he's pretty that's excited. Awesome. Yeah, part of me wants to finagle my way to an invite, but I don't know this gentleman apparently <laughs> so if he's listening i love you i don't yeah, know you but <laughs> dave hoops runs the establishment he right. might be able to i could find my way in is that what yes, you're saying brian is so. a greeter yes <laughs> yeah i'm ordained as are you can we tag team this ceremony <laughs> i think they've got it covered but yeah there's always better <laughs> options brian prudhomme steve Potosha, even dave cook he'll he'll pronounce you Maybe man and wife, maybe something completely different. I have no idea. Yeah, well, you can just let me do the readings. He'll pronounce you whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, I can just do the readings. I'm good at those, too. (laughs) He might not pronounce it correctly, but he will pronounce you. I now pronounce you. Brian and Steve, did I get that right? (laughs) So all kinds of good times at Hoops. Let's have some good times talking about Hoops. It's time to unveil our pick six for the best of all time in the NBA. You're right. There's probably three that we're all going to have. But which three are they? Well, MJ and LeBron are a done deal. Yep. Right. So we can just that debate in itself still sucks. Right. Well, that's a separate uh, individual debate because it's better player versus better winner. It's It's, different player. player? I see. We we get we start down that rabbit hole right now because I wouldn't even say that LeBron's a better player. I think that Michael Jordan's the best ever, all encompassing. I, I I agree with that, but at the same time, LeBron could guard every position. And I'm not a LeBron fan at all. At all. So uh, what we haven't seen, the one thing we haven't seen with LeBron. Michael is Jordan never had checked. load management. The only time they sat him is when he couldn't hit double-A pitching. LeBron could. You can't hand-check LeBron. Right? You can't defend him. Well, you the can, era didn't allow it. Well, right. right. 
that's what we haven't seen. MJ NBA had to fight all through all those all bleh, fight through all those things. All right, avoid that rabbit hole at all costs Thank because you. we've done five plus years worth of shows. MJ versus LeBron has come up time and time again. I think we're all in the MJ camp, oh. and that may completely have to do with our ages, but so be it. I like to enjoy people who win because as a Minnesota sports fan, I don't get to do that very often. Who's the third one? Because I've got Magic. Magic. Yep. I've got Kareem. I think he was been the leading scorer in basketball for several years. Right. The skyhook was dominating what he did. And I know that we're not talking about college, but I mean, you couldn't dunk the basketball in college because of him. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. I know Wilt had something to do with that too, but I mean, like he was part of all that was because of what Kareem did and he, right. the, he changed basketball. And he's falling down the list because of the current era. Because again, being a seven footer in the late seventies, early eighties is completely different than being a seven footer now. Because you look at what Jokic can do. You look at what KG did, even though he would rather be listed at six foot twelve because he didn't like the sound of seven feet. You know, seven footers who could shoot. Durant. Dirk, Durant. Obviously, I, I didn't know technically if he's seven feet or not, but I think he's right there. Yeah. So the land of a seven footer is different because the T Wolves are trying to go Kareem esque, and no, I'm not comparing them necessarily. But the Timberwolves are trying it with Rudy being their Kareem. Yeah, but Kareem bit. could score, and Rudy really can't. Yeah, he's more Mark Eaton than he is Kareem. Yeah, yes. ooh, ouch. But I think that's true. Yes, no, so I think it is too. After those three, I know who your next one is. Yes, it's easy. Um, I I think Oscar Robertson is probably on that list for me at this point. Do you remember back in the early goings of this show when the first time we had Joaquin Harris on the show? This is what we did. Yeah, we didn't do best of all time. But we did it in a sense. We basically did an all-time team, but we did it in a fantasy draft. Right. So whoever got the first pick took MJ and nobody else could. So there was no similar list. I took Oscar Robertson early in that show. So I'm with you. As I look at my own list, he's not on there, but I'm with you. He did everything. Oscar yes. Robertson did everything. He, you know, we talked about MJ being able to, you know, will a team to win. Well, he had other players. Oscar Robertson won, and he was kind of the only guy holding the bag, right? And so he's almost closer to early LeBron when LeBron won because of LeBron uh, than he is to Michael when Michael had, you know, the other. So you're saying the big O was LeBron Cleveland stopped the first one? Yes. Okay. Except he did it for 15 years. You know, triple double guy. Russell Westbrook has the record now. He took it. There he goes again. (laughs) Took took it from Oscar Robertson. Right. So there he goes again. Dave Cook keeping Russell Westbrook relevant. I think you should be his agent. If whoever has be. it now, you know how I think it about him. Through. It's just he happens to be in no. that spot. You know, you know who loves him. Who I will see today at the East Gym is CJ Osuchiku. He well, loves and he'll him. know that he's a triple double king of all time. No question about it. Now, the one of mine that you said you knew because it's easy, just so the listeners know, we didn't mean to completely pass over Larry Bird. Now, people can talk about if he wasn't of a certain race, would he be talked about so wonderfully? And that is a debate, and I get it completely. But what he was able to do as a passer. What he could do as a shooter, obviously. What he did as a defender, I think, was underrated. And the fact that the trash-talking, almost fables, tall tales are amazing. That he would tell you, this is the move I'm going to make, this is the shot I'm going to take, and it's going to go in. Now, they did McDonald's commercials like that, and it was supposed to be funny. But it sounds like it happened on the court in real life. Often. It yes. sounds like that wasn't a one-off thing. Like There's there's times where you hear that he'd run by a coach, or the opposing coach, and say, I'm going to do this, this, and this to that guy, and the next time I have the ball. Then he would do those three things and walk by the coach and say, I, I told you I was going to do that. You didn't right. do anything about it. What do you mean you didn't guard it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, and to me, Larry Bird and the Celtics and that Lakers with Magic that that rivalry. I I just I go. I'm transported back to being a little kid sitting in my grandparents' kitchen watching on a you know like a six inch Sony yep. color yep. TV that you know watching those games on CBS with the distinct yellow lettering and and yep. and that's those you know. So Larry Bird has to be on the list for me. In, no question. In my world, that rivalry saved the league. Oh, it, it certainly made it a national thing. And now Absolutely. it's saving HBO. Every documentary at a time. But at the same time, I I think Steve's right because I talked about, you know, my NHL following just kind of faltered because Minnesota wasn't part of it. I grew up with Minnesota not having an NBA team either. You could argue I still do. But at the same time, I glommed on to Boston quickly. I didn't separate because Minnesota didn't have a team. I came home from church on a Sunday in the non-NFL part of the calendar year and turned on CBS and just like Steve said, hey, look, there's a basketball game. If it was early, it was Boston versus somebody. If it was late, it was L.A. versus somebody. And I happened to go to the Boston side. Yeah. No, I, I agree that that Bird's got to be in the mix. Right. Right. I don't have him in my top six. Okay. But that's not because I don't think he is worthy of that spot. But I'm going to take it more current, right? I, I got to believe Steph Curry is in this talk now. I mean, he has revolutionized the game, not with power, but with finesse and skill. And, I and think winning, you're absolutely right. You can't just you can't argue right. with the winning. I mean, right. if if pro sports is about winning, he's he's done he's it. Guy, yeah. He's better than LeBron, in my opinion. That in that in that category. Well, and the thing that's so baffling about Steph Curry to me, because you see on social media or different apps like TikTok, you say you know pick an all time team. We talk about how positions make it so difficult. I have a hard time grasping Steph Curry's position. Yeah, because he's a point guard. Okay, and he's six feet. Right, but in my world, a point guard is a great distributor. And that's not to say that Steph Curry is not a great passer. And Magic Johnson obviously revolutionized whatever the heck a point guard really is because he was 6'9 and doing what he did. But when I think of a point guard, I think of while you're a playmaker, while you're a distributor. Steph Curry is a point guard because he's a guy that brings it across half court barely because he's ready to shoot as soon as he gets there. Yeah, he's changed it. My only reservation on Steph Curry, and, and I'll ask you this, has he done it long enough? You know, well, Michael did it And when for you are that time. size, can you rebound? Can you really defend? Are you just... You know, he's probably the best offensive player right now. Yeah, I think I think both of those two things have merit. I think that looking back, if he was, we've talked about this in the past too, if the sports world ended today, like period, uh, I think we would look back and say he was one of those greats. Right. The other guy. But that- the question with that is where do you put his team? Because Golden State has done a lot. We all know what the Celtics did. We all know what the Lakers did. You can talk a little bit about what the Sixers did, what Detroit did, all of these different teams that had their run. San Antonio under Pop. Golden State has done more than most of those outside of Boston and L.A., but is the world ready to put them in that same sentence? My next guy is exactly what you're talking about, and that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has otherworldly skills, but he's only won one place. Well, and I was waiting for him to say, and he was partnered with Russell Westbrook Russell at one Westbrook, time. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you wascally wabbit. Be very, very quiet. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Durant has all these skills that could you could really say he's a top five, top six guy, but he's never won any place that didn't include Steph Curry. And so does that mean that by himself he's less of a player because Curry's won without right. him? I'm going to say the number one mistake that I made, and it's really only the justification for not having Steph on my list at all, I didn't even factor in players that are still active. I guess I don't think of an all-time great when you're not finished. And I'm not saying I'm right. It's just how I approached it. 
I think he's different. Like Connor McDavid is probably an all-time great, but because he's current, I don't think of him that way either. But I feel like Curry, Connor McDavid is going to go down in the same breath as like Patrick Ewing. Man, you were good and you couldn't win at all. Curry, Curry is or a Charles Barkley. different deal, right? I mean, so he's current, yes, but he's a different animal. He is a guy that's changed the game. So much, I think that's different. How much do you elevate people who win? Because if you look at our list, how many rings are on said list? The flip side is the part. I don't think you, I mean, it's really hard to raise somebody that doesn't. And so if they win, they get extra credit points for but, that anyway. But you could think all the way back to the first segment. The best player in baseball over the last half decade or more has been Mike Trout, who's won nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Ken Griffey Jr. He also didn't, didn't make come my list. Won nothing. Yeah, Junior was on my list as far as like in the next five. But yeah, there's. Yeah, after we realized that we should have spent more yes. than an hour before we, the show putting that list together. We just don't really raise yeah. guys who don't win to the same level. No, we don't, because at the end of the day, that's what pro sports is all about, winning. And well, and when they win, how accessible are they to you? And, you know, like with with LeBron, he didn't win until he was surrounded by great players in Miami. Yep. You know, what I, I think what you can argue with Steph was is that team, by and large, was is a homegrown team that was just brought up together. They just did a great job. Actually, so. their only different wrinkle was when they had Kevin Durant. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, they, and they won without him. Well, correct. And so you, Which has been trashing Kevin Durant's reputation ever since. And Michael Jordan did it with homegrown guys. Yeah, they brought in the second the second three, they brought in Rodman and and you know, but for the most part those were those were homegrown guys and and yeah, Scottie Pippen was a top 50 NBA player of all time yep. and you know, Michael Jordan years. was so good he could have won with Russell Westbrook. Well, right, but you, no, he probably <laughs> No, can he you imagine have. a fight that would right. have been There's only one ball, Brian. Right. <laughs> in that in that center court, can you imagine the the fight that would have gone on between Russ and Russ would have been released the second week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You think the Jordan rules were a thing before? (laughs) Oh, my. Absolutely. So who haven't we touched yet? Because there's two on my list that haven't been brought up. You brought them up a little bit as someone who revolutionized the game but was different as a kid than he was when he left the game in that shack. But my two left were great together, yet great drama. It's Kobe and Shaq are the two I have left. That's what I have left, too. Yeah, Kobe's Kobe's on my list, but so is Olajuwon. Because Elijah, I loved him. He also changed the game because he wasn't a lumber. Right, big man who could lumber. He ran like he was. He was an athlete who was big, not a big guy playing basketball. Right. I have to ask Steve if we uh, tainted our own list because we're just saying, well, don't foul our guys by putting Shaq on there. Free throws just can't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's not it's not his fault entirely that the basketball looked like an orange that he was throwing up there when he was trying free throws, but. That's part of being the best all around at something. Shaq couldn't shoot it, but didn't have to. Kareem really couldn't shoot it outside of the skyhook either. I think you could argue that he was he was so good everywhere else in the game that they more or less had to disparage well, the game to right. stop him. He revolutionized it because we talk about get off my lawn guys and we're getting older and we're becoming that. Shaq to me brought those out of the woodwork because there were plenty of people that didn't like, well, this guy's good at basketball because he can use his butt. That's that's what he did best. He yeah, was so thick they, as a truck. He overpowered everybody. Yeah, right. Too. There was no finesse. It was bang bang. Well, he was down, a pretty good passer. I mean, he would sure. hit, he would hit guys. You know, Penny would feed him down low, and he would find D Scott out on the perimeter. Would, right. When, Somebody with, with like Orlando. the Orlando Magic in when, the nineties. Well, but when well. they talk Shaq and they take out pictures of the Laker Shaq, you forget that he was better as a Magic. Well, and you talk Elijah Wan. I loved when that team beat Shaq's Magic team. 
I hated, was Kenny. I hated Orlando. I, oh, did you? I hated. I lived in Orlando at the time that they were really good. The year that the the Bulls, who were my team, the year that they won or lost only ten games or whatever, I was living in Orlando. And the year before, uh, Orlando had beaten the Bulls. Sure. And so everybody, See, and I, I loved him for that because I didn't start liking Michael Jordan until the pro LeBron crowd came along because I was a bird guy. If you were a bird guy, you didn't like Magic and you didn't like Jordan because they were always in his way. So here's a question based on the last two that we've done. Do you think we underrate or underappreciate the original six guys and the NBA before Magic and Bird? When it was more regional, it wasn't covered. When it was Wilt, when yeah. it was Bill Russell. When it was Moses Malone, does does Dr. Dr. J, J get the stuff? Wow, that that's need? scary. Artist Gilmore, uh, Iceman George Gervin. I mean, right? all these guys. Dirty Rollins. Yeah, all these, uh, all these guys that that uh, if you're an Jack NBA, Haley needs to get brought up if Tree Rollins gets brought up. If you're an NBA fan who who loves basketball throughout history, those guys get overlooked. And you know Moses Malone, you could probably make an argument right. belongs in this list somewhere. I just love that Tree Rollins got brought up. Rudy Tomjanovich. Our next show will be the bottom six of all time in each sport. <laughs> Hello, Todd Murphy. <laughs> It will be very interesting. So just to make sure we didn't leave anybody out, we can wrap up this segment shortly. My list, again, was Jordan, LeBron. Again, no particular order. Jordan, LeBron, Magic, Bird, Kobe, Shaq. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. MJ, Kareem, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, and Bird. Yep. MJ, LeBron, Magic, Steph, Kobe, and Oscar Roberts. And how do you leave Tim Duncan, Mr. Fundamentals, out? Right. You know, I mean, he won and was amazing. Well, and if you want to have that argument, we can argue KG then, too. Well, wait a minute. Does that go back to the original thought behind this? Because it's based on Rolling Stones, best 200 singers, mm-hmm. not entertainers. Tim Duncan was good. He was not entertaining at all. He was not a personality that we go, I love that guy. That's Did true. you? You were bored Very to death. True. But they were dominant. Him and David right. Robinson were it's dominant. also why he's the perfect foil for Garnett, because he won and was kind of dry, and Garnett was anything but dry and didn't really win. Yep, for sure. No question about it. Believe it or not, when basketball started, I'm not sure if this is what Dr. James Naismith envisioned, but they were throwing balls into peach baskets. It made for a great first segment. We're moving to the country. We're eating a lot of peaches. We'll buy or sell next. Northland Sports Page continues. Stick around. And we're back on the Northland Sports Page. Welcome back to our house here at the Holiday Center. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Steve Petosha. Glad you're with us on your Saturday morning. Just like this country, this is normally the segment where we have our speaker about houses the country can't find a speaker of the house. Neither can we. We'll do it ourselves. But we still want to pay homage to them. Let's pay homage to our sponsors, including, of course, Justin May, our realtor at Messina & Associates. Dave Cook, you're shaking your head at me. Why? Yep, because you Because that was the best segue you've ever heard, right? <laughs> Let's talk about our advertisers, our sponsors. Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending. Is he Lending. mad at me? I thought that was good. No, I'm trying to keep a straight face and move right along here. <laughs> Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Hyundai. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, and as I was going to do, trying to, you know, do the whole thing as well. Our speaker of the house. Our housing expert, our realtor, our speaker of the houses, Justin May. There you go. Justin May normally occupies this segment. He is unable to do that today, so fine, we'll do it ourselves. It's only a matter of time until the rest of the country decides that too, right? Yes. Well, hopefully. But there's been a number of votes. That number keeps mounting. How many votes do you think our best athletes ever sport by sport got today? We are finally done with that. Moving on. We are, and there are probably some people that just sat back in their chair now and said, okay, fine, they're done. And we're done with it, but we're going to listen back to this show at some point because a reminder, you can do that at northlandfan.com when the podcast comes out. 
every Monday following our Saturday show, we're going to listen back to this and go, you know, we got to do that over again. I didn't like this list, this list, or this list. Yeah, well, and hopefully at some point we will. It'll be fun to come back and look at it in three, four, five years when, as we talked about, guys like Steph Curry's career done, and now we can really measure them. Absolutely. Now, normally with this segment, when Justin May is here, Dave, you usually have at least one housing question. Do you have one today? Not, you know, that, not that Steve or I could answer it. Well, no, the, the question that I was going to ask actually today, so Ma sold her house. They got they finally got that all done uh, this week. And I wanted to ask Steve, I wanted to ask Justin. I was going to say, go ahead. No, yeah, I'm man, right here. Whatever. <laughs> That's why I cost said it. I was like, watching like he it. Said, like he said Stop. weeks ago, Steve Fatosha appreciates that. Right, right. No, we're going to do this now so we can't see Steve. I was going to I was going to ask Justin what a seller should expect right now. You know, and there when they put the, it used to be you'd put your house out there, right? And you'd you'd expect a bidding war. You know, you'd expect I put my house for three ninety nine. My first offer came in at four fifteen. I said you give me another eight grand and it's yours. Well, today with the interest rates, what should a seller expect? That's a good question. And normally, what I follow up with or start with for Justin May is, what does this time of the calendar year mean? Whether it's a holiday or a seasonal change, what does the flip? Of the year mean, because mm-hmm. this is our first show of 2023. How does it affect him? Yeah. We'll no, I never think, know. I think those are things <laughs> that, that you know, really do benefit the listening audience, because I think all of us at some point are either going to buy or sell a house, right? And so uh, having some of the insights that Justin provides us um, really does help um, our listeners. Absolutely. And you mentioned buy or sell. That is what we play on this show every time Justin May joins us. So we're going to do it. With or without him today, the answer is without. We asked him if he wanted to play. He said sell. So we assume that's a no. Outstanding. So how this works, if you're just tuning in, first of all, where were you? But how this works is I give a statement for each of the four major sports, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL. If you agree with said statement, you say buy and you tell me why. If you disagree with said statement, you say sell and you tell me why. We give the responsibility of being Justin May today to Steve Patosha. That responsibility means you just tell us which order you want to play in. This is this is the most stressful thing of my day so far because it's been a good day I, for you. I, I it's always, early, yeah, yeah right. And, early. And I know it is early, and and I always sell when I should be buying, and I always buy when I should be selling. So I, I'm I'm really going to focus and do this right this time, and we're going to start with basketball. All right. Well, based on the first hour plus and the segments we did, this should be stress free in comparison. <laughs> Nobody should be judging you too hard. So we are starting with the NBA with their win over the Clippers last night. The Timberwolves have put together, as Lou Brown would say, that's called a winning streak. They look pretty good recently here. Dave's just confused. Lou Brown is the manager in the movie Major League. I just watched oh. that the other night. See that? He perked up. Yep. Look at him on Saturday I, mornings. I know the I know that movie. Yes. You've seen that one, and Tom Hanks Tom is not Hanks in isn't it. Even yeah, in. <laughs> right? Again, we are turning into the common man. You've got to listen to previous weeks to understand the jokes that just keep coming up. But so with the winning streak of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Everybody can talk about, well, this is great because they're not healthy yet. You know, D'Lo has been in and out of the lineup and in and out of productivity. Carl Anthony Towns, not available. So those are going to be big factors when they return to form. But buy or sell that the biggest key for the Wolves is their bench. 100% buy. Because their starters have been so inconsistent, including Anthony Edwards, that when their bench play is well, they win. Because, they, I mean, their starters are talented. They're right. just inconsistent. And Torian Prince being back now, I think, yes. makes that bench so much better. It's just so incredibly appropriate that something called Prince is a key in Minnesota, but that's kind of the reason for this buy or sell. His return is both tangible and intangible, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I'm buying. I think that that bench has kept him pretty much in a season where it looks like it could have gone the other way right. on a few different occasions. Doesn't it feel a little bit like the bench plays the way Finch wants to play and the starters don't really buy into his system of moving the ball and, and creating open shots? It's Sometimes you watch the team, and it's two distinct teams. It's right. the, that team that does the right things and this team that plays hero ball a lot. The only way that you could sell it is because of the injuries, because we don't know who the bench is anymore, because yeah. somebody's starting for somebody else. Because we can say, well, the bench is Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson and et cetera. Well, with injuries, they're forced into starting roles. Yeah. You know, the fourth quarter was so big the other night, everybody loved that D'Lo had nothing to do with it. And how about Garza getting run? Like if, if there was no— And he hasn't called him Matt yet. I, I love it. I did that on purpose. I just did that on purpose. <laughs> they got a Matt on that team now, too, and I don't want to— It's Matt Ryan, and yes. he's not playing quarterback for the Colts. Exactly. See, they're doing Boy, the Wolves are just testing you, I aren't think, they? I think you may have had some <laughs> Yeah, right? But um But Garza has even had play and done well in, in the Are you in gonna call Chris Finch plays. Atticus? All right, I'm stopping. Okay, never mind. Go continue, please. No, I'm, good. I'm riveted. Let's go to the next please one. Don't no, leave I, me I think though Dave nailed it though when he when he talked about when he talked about the things and all the stuff. No, but when he talked about the two different teams, I mean I think you I think that's hundred percent it. It's like D'Angelo Russell he just is out there just playing like street ball. And right. then, you know, and, and and you nailed it. The the bench is actually playing the kind of ball that they hired Finch to to have them play. And it's almost like guys who in. come off the bench know if I don't play the way somebody tells me to, I'm not going to have a job. 100%. Right. Where the starters play, they don't, you know who I am. And yeah. I'm just going to play my game. 100%. That's exactly. In every sport. Right. All right. So where to next? Let's go to baseball. All right. Baseball. Who knows? where his next contract is going to be and how long it's going to be valid for. But buy or sell that you're generally tired of the Carlos Correa saga. Generally is a big word, Brian. I've, I can s- say it slowly, I'm s- quickly. I'm going to sell that okay. because I think I'm still intrigued with the entire process. Not necessarily where he's going to play, but you know how it ends up. How the Twins uh, had this guy and had no issues with his medical report. Is that because of the length of the contract? I think the whole process... Or is that why our athletic trainer got fired? We don't check on that kind of thing? Um, But the whole process is interesting. I think the exact where he's going to pitch or start playing next year is a little... Well, now I would be intrigued. Well, I mean, that that makes more sense. Guys, I've been hanging on the whole day. (laughs) It makes sense why the Twins would actually consider him then. They do need pitching. Right. uh, You know, I, I don't know what I want to do with this. I just, I'm... I, I don't want to see the twins sign him because the, if and maybe Cohen, that's really the buy or sell I should have gone with. Do you want Carlos Correa as part of the twins? I'll give you a bonus one. Buy or sell that piece of it. Buy. I would like him to be part of the twins. I'm selling it. I, I think if, if Cohen's insurance company is telling him that uh, we can't pay this guy this much money because that knee looks like this, then the twins sure, certainly shouldn't because if they do, then what's going to happen? He's going to get something's going to happen in two or three years, and the twins are going to say, "This is why we don't spend money on big free agents." I, he's and right. so, it, and they and sound he, exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, that's what a that's what a cheap blank ad sounds like. And uh, <laughs> but I I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. So if you're a Twins fan, I would I would hope that you're selling this all day long for that reason alone. I'll buy that. I'm tired of the saga because I just don't understand it anymore. I mean, how do you? If you're San Francisco, how angry are you? We've already seen that the Mets are, you know, generally tired of it. If you're the Twins, the only reason you're hanging in there is because is having Carlos Correa better than having no answer at shortstop? Absolutely yes. Mm -hmm. If Carlos Correa, one of the more intriguing shortstops in baseball, again, absolutely yes. 
does it move the needle for you? No, it returns the needle to where it was last year. Well, and and you didn't add in the uh, have the Twins finally learned not to start their start play their starting shortstop in center field when they need a shortstop right. the following year. Well, and this saga is of no consequence to us if that doesn't happen because yes. you're going to say Royce Lewis looked the part yep. in a brief cup of coffee last season. Yep. Go ahead and plug him in. Let's see what happens. That's he exactly. looked the part as a trade bait and when they had an actual offense when the Bomba could, squad was here. Yeah, yeah no, all of. All of that's true. I mean, so much of the future of the Twins is around Royce Lewis right now. It's just crazy. I think maybe the only reason that I'm generally tired of this Correa saga is just as I wrote about before, before even the Giants deal came to fruition, if Carlos Correa is going to keep a stranglehold on the Twins from making any kind of move, whether we think they actually make them or not, it's just being held hostage. And And because it's returned to being a story again, and who knows you know, what contract he's going to sign next, we can't even know until opening day because just because he signed somewhere doesn't mean squat. In other words, Brian's saying that if we keep waiting for Correa, we might miss on Michael Waka. <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we well, sure might. And I just want, with the, with the brand new scoreboard coming in at Target Field, I just want Fozzie Bear to walk across every couple innings when Michael Waka starts. Yes, very nice. And if you don't get that one, that's on you. Yes. Where are we going to next? Waka, what, what, Waka, what, what Waka. What do we have left? We had hockey? We, we do hockey have hockey left. Hockey is similar to the Wolves in the sense that it revolves around the health of a Minnesota team. It was announced recently that Matt Zuccarello will not play this weekend. Buy or sell that that could become a big deal for the Wild. I mean, I think you have to. Well, if I think that is a big deal, I'm going to buy that, right? So, Correct. See, I'm, I'm He doing struggles it. I'm with doing the it, formulation Dave. of this question because it's not a question. How would you have done on Jeopardy? <laughs> uh, Who is Steve Petosian? Now, that's a question. <laughs> what is Jeopardy? Um, I, I think that... Um, Zuccarella, as much as I was anti-signing him when they signed him, I right. were, because at the time they had signed nothing but left left shot wingers, and and but what he has brought to this team and and in that locker room, which I will I'll also say that I recognized at that time that everywhere he's been, he's been known as a great room. team guy and right. a guy that they love in the room, and right. and you know that's that's what he's brought, and and it's paid off, and and I think he. I think he gives Kirill a little sense of. Uh, I think that's the biggest stability. piece. That's the biggest piece. Every every Batman needs a Robin, and I'm not saying that statistically Zuccarello is that guy, but chemistry wise, he is. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the injury bug, depending on who it hits, obviously if it hits Kirill, the they're in trouble, trouble. But you know, even if you think about guys like you know Boldy needs to stay healthy. You know, we we look at um, you know our assistant captains; they both need to stay healthy. You know, if Dumba's healthy he pl- and playing well, he makes them a whole different team. But when he's injured and we're trying to backfill him with people that are trying to play his style, like Addison right now is on a pretty good stretch. But if we try to fill Dumba's spot with Addison because they play the same kind of game, they're not as good a hockey team. So absolutely, the way they play and the fact that they push their depth is the reason that they're good. In, they're very susceptible to injury because right. if they start chewing that depth up, now all of a sudden the guys in the fourth line just don't belong in the NHL. Well, and I think part of it too is just – history of being injury bug laden if you're Minnesota sports because the one bugaboo for the Wild all season is they just can't get healthy. So even if this is minor and Matt Zuccarello misses a weekend, when I saw it come across on Friday afternoon, I went, oh, here we go again. They just can't get to an optimal lineup, can they? So I'm buying that it could be a problem because history tells me that every injury, it's, it's the Mike Zimmer tweak thing. Everything's a bigger deal than someone lays it out to be. And the NHL's king of that. Upper body injury, lower body injury. What the hell does that mean? Right. It means just that. If it's if it doesn't hit at the belt buckle, it's gotta be one could or the it, other. Could it right? be more vague? 
You didn't, yes. couldn't eat an amputated leg, or you might have a sore tooth. It, you know, nobody knows. 100%. Right. Do you have an ingrown toenail or a torn Achilles? It's a lower body injury. All right, so speaking of injuries, there's a theme to buy or sell. We're going NFL. Buy or sell that the Minnesota Vikings can win a postseason game with a makeshift offensive line. Boy. So... And this is a segue into our final segment, so I'm glad you guys picked this last as well. It's it's tough because it's not a make. So if they were makeshifting the center and a guard, okay. But they're taking the, depending on where you're at with Derisaw, you're taking their best tackle, and then a center who's had his best year as a as a NFL football player. We don't know if he's oh. available, and Ole Udo is probably starting at the other tackle. Right. So Bradbury's out, and and Bradbury's uh, out at least tomorrow. We don't know about the postseason yet. That's true. That's true. And Oliudo is playing right tackle. And, and right. I just think the players that have, I mean, if we're trying to replace um, the kid from LSU, well, we're not having the same conversation, right? If we're trying to place our guard. But because of the player that we're replacing, this makeshift offensive line, the part that we're I think that's Ed Ingram he referenced, by yes. the way. I, I, kid yeah. from LSU, yeah. The, the, uh, the makeshifting, we're, we're having to make the best players. They're the ones we're having to shift. Right. So what's your answer? Buy or no, sell? No, we have no chance if our offensive line is bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we saw it against Green Bay, and it would, you know, you can't. And and Dave, can you believe that we're pining for Garrett Bradbury? No doubt. You know what I mean? Like, no we, doubt. We were, Times have changed, right? Week, week three, we would have traded him for something, yeah. just about anything, and. Uh, and now we see what anything looks like, and we're pining for him. Yeah, and it's reminds me of when Joe Webb started at Lambeau, as you brought up. He found something that made Christian Ponder look desirable. Chris Reed playing center at Lambeau. We found something that made Garrett Bradbury look awfully desirable. Yeah, we got a guy who they picked up on Tuesday who might start in Week 18. Wow, and that's fine because Week 18 is relatively meaningless. You can emphasize relatively all you want, but you know, unless you've got tickets, as a Viking fan taking the trip to Chicago, I'm not sure what tomorrow means to you. Yeah, who do you who do you even play? I mean, there's got to be guys that aren't seeing the field, right? Well, I mean, does Kirk play? I mean, does he? I mean, should he play? But I think because of the questions at center, he's got to. Because whoever is center tomorrow could be your center in the postseason. He can't have zero familiarity with them. Or if it's Chris Reed again, the type of familiarity, heavy on the air quotes, that they tried at Lambeau. But you can't play Jefferson, right? Jefferson's got to be out. Harrison Smith's got to be out. Well, wait a minute. Did, did Steve or I buy or sell this topic yet? Did oh, you sorry. ever? Did you actually say for sure if you were buying or selling a postseason win? Um, I'm I'm buying a postseason win. I think they can do because I think I think there's a chance Bradbury comes back for that that win, and I and I do think that they can maybe make some adjustments if it's only one offensive lineman, and I do think that they can beat a wild card team in that situation because that I mean, quite honestly, their offensive line hasn't been that great all year, anyway, in my opinion. Losing O'Neal sucks because that guy, in my, I think he's one of the top five if right tackles. People didn't realize. I'm afraid they're about to. Right, and so losing that is 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 huge. Um, but I don't think you. I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't know if you can play Kirk this week. And the guy's been hit more than anybody else, any other quarterback right. in the NFL this year. And like, you can't play Delvin on that god awful field. Well, and oh, absolutely can I not. just say, speaking of god awful, can I just say a god awful take? I'm never going to say that I want the Minnesota Vikings to lose because my mind can't go there. But there's a big part of me that would prefer to be seated third. And you could say, well, you're afraid of the Packers or Lions. Okay, yep. The way that they've played recently versus the way that we've played, absolutely I am. Historically, we're known for choking in a big moment. I can get used to that because I have. 
I don't know if I can handle doing that to a divisional foe and never hearing the end of it, especially if it's one versus the other. Well, and think about the strengths of the teams that that we have a chance to play. You don't want without O'Neill. You don't want to play Washington. You don't want anything to do with. That well, you're not going to have to. They're eliminated. Well, I'm making the point. But well, if you've he got, makes a good point. You don't want to have to play Washington. You won't. He just doesn't listen sometimes. <laughs> the um, but I mean, if you think about Detroit, you wouldn't want to play Detroit. You really don't want to play Green Bay because all these teams can pressure your quarterback from the outside. Right and. When you're when you're at that spot, what team do you want to play, right? Maybe the Giants. Well, and I think they can get some pressure on you, but that segues into my reason for buying a postseason win. The part I don't know is who are we going to play. If the sports gods really hate Minnesota, they beat the Bears because anybody can beat Peterman at quarterback. I believe That's that. True. But if the sports gods truly hate us, San Francisco screws up royally and gets beaten by a terrible Arizona team tomorrow as well. And some of the Vikings find themselves at the two, which I know you've said the higher seed is better, and I get it. But the likelihood of this infirmary of an offensive line reaching round two is tougher. I don't want a tougher opponent as a result. And I know seed-wise, seven is not supposed to be tougher than six, but it is. I just, to me, there's not a team in this playoff when it when it gets all said and done that you don't look at and you be like, oh, that team can beat the Vikings. So what's the difference to me? I mean, if you lose to... The, the the 49ers in the NFC championship game or you lose to the Packers in the first round, what's the difference? And and, and wow. quite honestly, I'll take I'll it's, take it's months of mental bliss for me, but that's an indictment on Packer fans and, and my maturity about them. But in, in to me, you know, rooting for the for the Giants at this stage when that defensive line has really excelled in the last six weeks of oh, the se- right. season and we're going in there with a poor defensive line i'll take my chances against detroit and the packers any day of the week over that and take the higher seed we will talk more about this in our final segment drawing lines courtesy of roll architecture studio we will examine what we think the nfc playoff field will look like and just how it might shake out in terms of result one more segment to go we're gonna make it northland sports page Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Steve Potosha, stick around. We'll be right back. That's pretty appropriate. We cannot explain the AFC playoff field at all because it's to be determined by a number of factors. That obviously was met with some scrutiny. Welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Steve Potosha, Dave Cook. I will say this, guys. I'm not sure the NFL could have gotten that right. It was near impossible because of, obviously, the Hamlin situation earlier this week. No, I 100% agree, Brian. And if they make decisions for the league, they're going to make a lot of people angry because they would have had to play the game. But you made a great point in between, um, you know, parts of the show here is that and got to a certain point. What were they going to do? You know, you couldn't have had them play this week and then pushed out another week, right? Or you know, played this wasn't earlier like, in a week. This wasn't like the COVID season when right. we'll just put an NFL game every day of the week and we'll make it work. Right. There was their hands were tied once. Probably it got to Wednesday. They probably were just out of luck. Yep. No. No doubt. I mean, you're that close to the playoffs. When are you going to squeeze it in? Yep. Not so, to mention player safety, right? right? I mean, you got to give the guys, which obviously is taking priority now. If it hasn't already, and it should have. Yep. And not to mention the other things that have gone on in the NFL with Tua a couple times this year, and you know they they have to be. Yeah. Without question, so we won't even try on the AFC playoff picture, but obviously one that means a lot more to us is the NFC. So for drawing lines today, we're going to map out the NFC playoff field that we think will exist. I'll tell you what, based on my predictions, I already hope I'm wrong, but then we'll talk about who we think might come out of it as well. It's all part of, again, Drawing Lines, courtesy of Roll Architecture Studio. Roll Architecture Studio is the OG of our great sponsor list. Absolutely. And we, you know, we got to jump in with uh, another one of our fantastic sponsors in Hoops Brewing. You know, Dave's involved every single week with our program. OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, our 
agent at Messina and Associates. Our Speaker of the House, 218-310-9559. Absolutely. And he's, you know, with us all the time as well. Avenue 45. Except today. The Blackwoods Group. Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending. Mount Royal Bottle Shop. Kohler Toyota. And Kohler Hyundai. Stewart's Bikes, Sports, and Trophies. And the Incline Station. All of our great sponsors. That is 100% correct. We appreciate all of them. But the one that's been with us from the beginning, again, is our old architecture studio. And he brings you drawing lines. We're not only drawing lines, we're kind of drawing brackets. Because the NFC, I wouldn't call it convoluted, but I would definitely call it interesting, the playoff picture. Yeah, there's only one thing said, right? The only thing that's said is we know the Eagles are in first. We don't even know that yeah, yet. that's not even said. Oh, right. I Dallas, thought that was in Dallas the, could end up with the one seed. I thought oh, maybe the, I thought that was well, in the San tank. Francisco could get it too. Yeah. We know that the Vikings can't get one. That's right. set. The other thing that's set is six out of seven spots. Who's going to get the magic number seven? I, I'm, it's I'm, either going I'm to be Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. So is the universe outside of Wisconsin, I'm pretty <laughs> I sure. Suppose. Yeah, that, that's who I want. I've wanted Detroit in the whole year. You've known that. So. Right. So we know who we want. Who do we got? Because it's as simple as this. If Seattle wins, Detroit is already out before they take to the field Sunday night, which thanks NFL for taking suspense out of that. Yeah. But anything for the Packers. If Seattle, Isn't that sad? That's so true. If Seattle loses, Sunday night takes on a completely different atmosphere. Green Bay's equation is simple. Beat Detroit, which they normally do, and it's theirs. Yeah, I think that if it gets to that, though, we've talked about with an emotional coach how if Detroit's playing well, their coach can really build that team. And if they're playing bad, that coach can drive them into the ground. You know, that's the thing with an emotional coach. That's what you get. Well, if there's money on the table, Detroit could come out flying. Right. Could, you could really see Detroit. Even this could if there be one of those moments. You might learn a lot about Dan Campbell or Detroit's overall hatred for Green Bay if they're done and still come out with their hair on fire because why not? It might as well be your playoff game. This is like when Cincinnati won their playoff game when Burrow was first, you know, his first year, and it, it was like this is a different thing, right? If the Lions come out and spank Green Bay, whether it's for the whether it's to get into the tournament or just like you said because they're Green Bay, right. I think that's a turning point for that franchise. So it would new, be nice to see that mindset come out of them, for sure. Yeah. And that'll be a reflection of their coach, which is what we've said about them all along. The one thing we do know is the New York Giants are sixth. And because of that, I want the Minnesota Vikings to be three. And that's not to say the Giants couldn't beat Minnesota. They certainly could. We won it on a miraculous field goal Christmas Eve. The New York Giants don't have to try tomorrow. The Minnesota Vikings, we talked about should they or shouldn't they. Does the fact that the Giants probably won't factor in at all? No, I don't think so because, I mean, really – most of the teams are are pulling back some players unless there's you know a true seed on the, on right. the table. And there's but not part of really New York's that. part of New York's not trying should should gift Philly number one like you said. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and I th- I think the Vikings aren't going to particularly try. I really don't. I don't think on that bad field, playing against Peterman like you said, that there's really a need to run some of their stars that maybe have had some injuries or. Are that important, right? Like Jefferson, you can't lose Jefferson. Do you treat this like the proverbial game three yes, in the I four do. game preseason, where your starters start and then they play a quarter or so, and you go, "That was cute." Now sit down. I mean, why even, why even start them? I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if if that's your feeling, why even start them? But Kevin O'Connell will tell you we've still got a shot at the number two. It's bleak as can be, but he's saying we've still got a shot. We got to try. I respect that. I just don't agree with it. Yeah, and I don't think this is I. I if there was something to play for, like so if we played and the opportunities to be, you know, first, second, third, or fourth, depending on a whole bunch of things, but if we won, we did this, then yes, you play for it. But there's nothing really they can do. Right. Well, Detroit is the most helpless of them all. Yes. Because they've got to wait till the evening. Seattle's got to lose to 
a horrific L.A. Rams team. If Seattle wins, they're going to be pulling like crazy for Detroit. Yep. Where Detroit, if Seattle wins, is going, okay, do we care or don't we? Yeah, that's going to be the mark of that team going forward. If they just pull the ripcord and don't don't show and Green Bay beats them by 40, they don't change. And I completely understand what the league did. They know the audience they're going to get on Sunday night with Aaron Rodgers in a win-and-in situation. It's all about the revenue, and they're going to get it. But didn't the league kind of screw this up? Because if competitive nature or competitive fairness is a factor, shouldn't the Seattle game and the Detroit game have been at the same time so both are trying equally? Oh, yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right, but it, that's not a, the easiest thing to to figure. They're still trying to figure ratings. Because don't forget, fairness. we've got games today, too. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars-Titans game really could have been Sunday night, although I think those TV markets aren't wonderful. Right. New England-Buffalo, there's a chance they could meet in back-to-back weeks, one meaning significantly more than the other. I thought they would be the Sunday night game, I honestly. Think, I think that's an interesting one, though, Brian. At, at, do you? What do you do, though, if you're Buffalo next week? Do you just well, you know, pull and the stakes and but, say knock yourself out? But their question takes on a whole different meaning because of what transpired on Monday. If you're Buffalo, what the heck do you do? What do you expect? How many of your players are going to be able to really go do this? Yeah, and, and will, I mean, if they sit their guys, they're not sitting them for one week, they're sitting them for two. And does that take any momentum on it? Well, and I think the other thing with Detroit that I think you have to factor in, you only have so many guys on your roster, and you've been game right. planning all week. It's not like you can just decide five minutes before the game, oh, well, we lost, we're yeah. out. I Somebody's going to have to play because there's only 53 to, guys available. Yeah, and you still have to play, and you still, and now you're talking about guys who are putting on, you know, their tape for, you know, to yep. sign jobs in the offseason. Right. So I think if Detroit's there, they, they're in it because. What else are they going to do? I mean, now maybe you pull some starters that you have some long-term contracts on in the second half or something like that, but I just don't know how you can – everything is so scripted in the NFL, especially you know the first half of football, the first quarter. I don't know how you can just pull up lame at that point of the week. Yeah. I right. think they ha- the St. Brown kid, the wide receiver, I think his personality is kind of the lead personality on that Lions team as well as far as players. And I don't think he's a type of guy that stepped back. Either. I think it's him or Jamal Williams or both. From the video I've seen of Jamal Williams this week circulating because he's a former Packer, I think they'll take on his personality a little more as well. All right, I'm going to give you what I think the NFC playoffs will look like. If you agree with it, let's just finish predicting the NFC and we'll call it a show. Number one, I think will be Philly. Number two, I think will be San Francisco. Number three is going to be Minnesota. Four is Tampa because that's how it works. Five is Dallas. Six is the Giants. Seven is going to be Green Bay. I'm sorry. Do you all agree? Well, I don't. I, I left for this argument. Yes, I'd still like to think that it's going to be Detroit. But I would I'm love with, to see I'm that too. Dave. But they they need a miracle. I I know what I they want, do. but I can't see Seattle folding or Green Bay losing this at home. I'd love to see both, but I just don't. Yeah. No. So let's go with it. All right. So what that means is the Niners host Green Bay in the two seven matchup. Who wins? If the Packers have played the way they've played to get there. And, and win after win after win, I don't want anything to do with Green Bay. I'll tell you Green Bay goes to San Francisco and beats Brock Purdy wow. in San Francisco. And, and that would be why. Aaron Rodgers is far superior to Brock Purdy. And they're hot. Green Bay is a talented football team with with uh, momentum. I don't want to play them. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take San Francisco. That's the hottest team in football right now, and I, I would take them 100 times out of 100. I will, too. The, the CMC trade is, is benefiting, I think, larger than even those who loved it the most envisioned. They, they, they've, they've been the, they the favorite. They've, they've been the hottest team in football the last two weeks with with Purdy at the at the right. helm. So they, I got no problem are they the with favorite. Really, regardless of seed, aren't they the favorite in the NFC? I would say yes, so. Absolutely. So the three six game is Minnesota New York. Who wins? Uh, the Vikings are so broken right now, but they've shown that they have the ability 
to win when they're when it counts. And so I'm not a huge fan of the of the of the Giants. And so I God, I'm gonna do it again. I will say that Minnesota can beat the Giants because of I'm not a the Giants don't feel like as huge a threat as some of these other teams. I, I mean I'm not gonna pick against the Vikings, but I I don't I can't argue with someone who does. Right. Uh, because uh, again, you got that defensive line that is done nothing but get better as the last half of the season has gone on. You've got Brian Dable is one of the best offensive minds in football. Yep. And you got, you know, a quarterback that's overachieving right now and a, and a very good running back and an offensive line that is very good. So similar to Minnesota with a better offensive line. Kind of what you've said. Right. I'm going to take Minnesota partly briefly just to move it along, but I think Kevin O'Connell can prove his offensive mastermind label because he can do enough for one game to overcome a, a makeshift offensive line, as I called it. You're going to see some quick getting the ball out. You're going to see some chips with running backs. You're going to see the screen game. You're going to see different things to mask that our offensive line is not that good and it's injury riddled. I think he can do that for at least a week. And he now he's got Irv Smith. Right, which, you know, it, it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but it really isn't. It really isn't. He's got talent. Tampa, Dallas, Tom Brady is an enigma. Tom Brady is the GOAT. Tom Brady is at home. Tom Brady's team is far inferior to Dallas. Who wins? Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, their defense and that and that offense. I mean, both sides of the ball are better. I'd and love they, to be wrong, but Dallas is the correct They have answer. a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to want to prove Brady's done. Okay, so real quick, they reseed based on the highest remaining seed plays the lowest, what have you. That means that for Steve and I, it's San Francisco and the Vikes. For Dave, it's Green Bay and Philly. So I'll let Dave go first. If Green Bay gets to this point, they're the team I don't want to face. If they're here and they're playing Philly, I'll go with Green Bay. Wow. Okay. I'm going, no I'm riding that, the hot horse. That team has been so poor all year. I just They're don't. playing out of their mind right now. Well, the good news, they the still good news, are. Steve, I just don't buy it. The good news, Steve, is they're already out of your bracket. You get to pick Vikes versus San Francisco. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to pick against the Vikes, but San Fran's is good I as agree. it gets right now. I agree. So then it becomes, for you and I, Philly and Dallas, a divisional clash in the divisional round. Yeah, and I like Dallas, to be honest. I think I that too. running attack with that defense is, you know, I think and they what, can keep what Hurts version of Jalen Hurts is available? Yeah, that's the big Is he available? Because they actually, I think defensively, they match each other really well. Uh, it's, it's whether Jalen Hurts is 100% or not. I think since the Eagles have added all of these high-profile uh, contracts but I want, at the I end. I want the second half of Dave's bracket because he's got Minnesota hosting Dallas. Yeah, and, and for me, that's uh, Dallas scares the devil out of me. I would pick Dallas. Who doesn't? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Out of this playoff field, like that's why I don't. That's why I've never bought into being the three seed is fine. And who in the playoff field? I mean, Tampa. all of these teams. Yeah, <laughs> but well, they beat us but, for years. But wait a minute, guys. We've we've all got Dallas winning a bunch of road games to get to the title game too. So does seeding really matter? Because the league would love this, and we got to keep moving. So Dave's NFC title game is Green Bay. At Dallas. Brian, if they're here, they're winning. If Green Bay is so hot that they run the table, they'll run the table. And meanwhile, Steve, your and my NFC title game is Dallas paying a visit to San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's... It's kind of the same thing. If San Francisco is that hot that they're there, they're just going to go through. The good news is we don't have to predict this for several weeks. Let's just see who gets in and take it from there. Thank you for being in the show. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Steve Patosha. Guys, it's been fun. Have a good weekend. Have a good day, Brian. Yeah, it was a great great start to the day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again in a week. We'll see you.